0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hey, Y'all. Surrounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. This past Saturday is the exact reason why there's no sport quite like college football. As I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the next yell leader at Texas A&M. That's my dream job. And with me, as always, is AJ, the Big Ten, takes up half the top ten, Marquesi.
2: And then Cincinnati, in my opinion, is an honorary Big Ten member, at least for the next couple years. So I think it's 60% Big Ten. And 100% correct. Today we're talking all the NFL draft
1: prospects who bore the fruit of their labors and the ones who might have squashed the fruit in week six of college football.
0: Or Thibodeau, who's going to bat it on draft day? Who's who's going to wager future future picks away? Who's who's going to reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team, let's Let's go go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song.
1: Nothing says Tuesday night like a little Sunbelt Belt Fun Belt football. That is, until Maction November starts. But for the time being, all of October, you can tune into my Fun Belt Spotify Green Room. That's right, on Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform. I'll be going live throughout every fun belt game the whole thing you get to watch me watch the game and tell you what i think and it's free because the app's free to download and to use of course you can venmo me for this for this product still though but you can talk to me other fans athletes and insiders in real time meanwhile aj's breaking down the seattle kraken all year long on spotify green room aj
2: uh yeah they played tonight rob it's a good
1: take it's a good take Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. To download the Spotify Room app, just head to the iOS app store. Then create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. You'll be notified when folks like myself go live. Which is every time there's a fun belt game, baby. Like tonight, App State Louisiana. Who who you picking, AJ, as this the game will be over by the time this is out? So, who you picking tonight, AJ? <laughs> uh,
2: go Mountaineers, is what I'm saying. Uh, I rap with the Rage engagements. I know you would. Okay. That's why I went Mountaineers, baby.
1: Week six in college football. Dare I say, the best week of college football I can remember? How good's your memory? <laughs> <laughs> I remember a bit of last season.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's right. This is the best week of for ball from this season or from last season. I, I agree with you.
1: This was, I mean, it had everything and it had something pretty, pretty much th- the whole time. There was something going on. I yeah. mean, the kid, kid <laughs> the noon slate, the two big games did not disappoint. You didn't go wrong making either your main game, but if you didn't have eyes on both, you did go wrong. <laughs> uh, obviously, our, our, our Arkansas Ole Miss came down to the to the two-point conversion. Oklahoma with the sneaky cover in the Red River showdown. Is that what we're calling it now? We're not allowed to call it a shootout anymore? I
2: think we're back to ri- rivalry. Games. I don't even know.
1: Okay. Uh, at least that's an alliteration. Um, but yeah, two... Insane high scoring games to start the day. Into the Iowa comeback against Penn State. Uh into the Alabama upset. Plus, hey, congrats <laughs> on Michigan. You guys beat Nebraska.
2: Congrats. <laughs> hey, and yeah, Notre Dame beating uh, Tech. Wow. Those were the special games. I don't even care what the rest.
1: This uh the the week seven slate's pretty weak, so I'm yeah. glad we got the week six slate like really flexing for us.
2: Yeah, like even looking at it, it doesn't look like there's too much room for uh, goofiness. But usually, yeah. when we say that, it happens. But there's like not even
1: what is the two ranked games? I think Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kentucky, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. Whatever. We had this awesome week six, and now we got some belt fun belt on uh, on a Tuesday night as we record. Um, okay, let's let's just jump into it then. Best freshman. Uh.
2: Caleb Williams.
1: Uh I think you can you you don't go wrong picking either him or Xavier Sabre. Worthy, the wide receiver for Texas who other than his fumble had 9 grabs for 261 2 touchdowns and was the Longhorns go-to playmaker in the passing game.
2: The the first uh like play of the game pretty much the screen touchdown right away, it was right off the start. And it was pretty ridiculous. Yep. He by the way, he's like 6'1 160, which is Fun. He's and, looking
1: like Devonta Smith.
2: <laughs> yeah, but fast, fa- fast as hell. Yeah, the fumble the kickoff. Other than that, like he, all every play he made was pretty ridiculous. Like that awesome diving catch he had uh, deep before halftime. Uh, the, the touchdown in the corner. Like he was just unstoppable for the Longhorns.
1: Yeah, and even after the fumble, he redeemed himself. Yep. Yep. Yeah, H- him and then obviously the yeah, Caleb Williams coming in, kind of. A little bit Jalen Hurts to a feel mm-hmm. with uh, Sp- Spencer Adler playing poorly, getting benched, Caleb Williams coming in. And, and prior to that, he had the, what, the 66-yard touchdown run on his first touch of the game and then eventually just came into the game and was, uh, was ripping lasers and, and seemed unfazed, especially for a guy who didn't play high school football last year.
2: Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. And, yeah, fourth on one, like, I thought he was going to get stopped. He kind of had to find another hole, bounce it outside. Broke a tackle and then wide open running for that for yeah, sixty five or whatever yard touchdown. But yeah, no, his arm looks good. Uh, like you said, composure. It the situation was not too big for him in the least. Like it, from the yeah. first from the first like snap, like even out from his first passing play even, it felt like he was the the one that was meant to be quarterback in that team in this game.
1: It's gonna be interesting to see what happens next, but um it definitely feels like Spencer Rattler's the biggest slider in recent memory in terms of quarterback prospect.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Lincoln Riley is staying non-committal to either right now, and he's playing it off like, "Oh, we got two great quarterback. That's never a problem." Blah blah blah. Uh, I don't see how you can turn back to Spencer Rattler. More how, not, how long? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Like. Do you think Spencer Rattler is in Oklahoma sooner next year? What do you think the the situation for Spencer Rattler is?
2: I mean, look from from the moment Williams started to make plays, all the jokes on Twitter were, "Where's Rattler transferring?" But uh, I think that's the case. I think he's going to end up transferring.
1: Yeah, I I don't see any way he has any shot to declare at this point. No, but it, it's funny because he was the one guy a lot of people were kind of everyone was in on yeah like he was the one where it's not a good quarterback class but everyone was like other than spencer rattler other than spencer rattler and then obviously throughout the year his his play has been pretty much just down the whole time he hasn't really had a big game and he he like he looks like he's reverted back to the guy he was early last last season um and and now i mean the quarterback class is just a complete mess yeah. But more on that later we're talking freshmen sorry I, I'm 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 all over the place but yeah Worthy and Caleb Williams were stupendous and I have to shout out my boy Trivion Henderson who uh, once again looked like like this class is Bijan Robinson except he has a coach who actually takes advantage of his skill set um, ran for 102 scores also had a big touchdown catch 67 six, yards to the air uh, just a rare combo, a lot like Bijan Robinson, of contact balance and explosiveness for such a young running back.
2: Yeah, the Buckets have been lucky they've had him, to be honest. I, I think he's been there. Like, finally turning to him is so smart because he's been their guy on offense.
1: Uh, I mean, they got a lot of guys on offense, AJ. This team's coming. This is going to be a playoff team.
2: Obviously, they got a lot of talent, but Henderson's been like when they need something, and you know Stroud's not throwing too well, or McCord's in there, and Olave's Whoa. dropping a couple. It's it's been it's been Henderson keeping them. Like obviously they they kicked the shit to Maryland. I'm not talking about this week, but like when they knew that spark to 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 you know beat Tulsa, they, it was Henderson. Yeah,
1: well, Golden Hurricanes play a different level of football. It's true. It's They're true. An intense squad. Yeah, but Henderson looks like every bit of the five star running back he's yeah. supposed to be. Um, I feel like there's always one running back in the class who was a big recruit who, maybe it's not immediate, but as a true freshman really shows out. Obviously, last year that was B. John Robinson. I think it, this year it's pretty clearly Travion Henderson.
2: Uh, for sure. Actually, I'll, I'll throw another running back name out there. I thought Arkansas's Raheem Sanders was really impressive against Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, they're not the same like explosive offense as Ole Miss was. So it was kind of fun watching them. You know, Ole Miss slaying the ball downfield and making these massive touchdowns quickly, and then Arkansas has got to, like, come back, but, like, with running the ball, and, like, Jefferson, like, grinning out third downs. But Sanders looked really good. Had a buck 39 on the ground. A couple catches. He's listed as, like, a pretty big dude, but he's, like, more lean. Like, he's, like, 6'2", 225, but, like, he's... Like, he doesn't look like he's that heavy. He's kind of... A, he's a really interesting guy, too. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, our, our Arkansas is... I mean, the way Sam Pittman has that, that team turn around so quickly. Obviously losing in the, the fashion they did, but hanging in that game for as long as they did and going toe-to-toe yeah. with the best quarterback in the country and one of the best play callers in the country. Um, I mean, some of us, like myself, expect Arkansas to cover, but holy hell. Um, but yeah, the, the they're, they've just got playmakers all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, no, it's really impressive. Okay, I'll say I respected the two-point decision so much, but I, I wouldn't have done it. I Wouldn't have done. It. I know I you
1: wouldn't have. You told me that.
2: I look like I don't uh, respect you. I mean, I I look smart only now, but like they could easily have gotten it. But I don't. I feel like the, the like you know that red zone situation just favored the pigs. I don't know. But anyways, what a great game that was for sure.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, speaking of sophomores, uh, I'll throw KJ Jefferson the best sophomore. Um, or speaking of Arkansas, I should say, KJ, KJ Jefferson was unbelievable. And you, you mentioned him a while back, and he's always he's a fun quarterback, he's ridiculously large, ridiculously athletic, has a cannon. But he went, again, he went toe-to-toe with Matt Corral in this game. He threw for 300, three scores, ran for 85 and three more. So he had six touchdowns against Ole Miss. Obviously, they lose 52-51, but he was slinging it until the end.
2: Yeah, no, he was good, man. And like I said, I... I think he's an NFL player. I don't know if it's going to be quarterback, but he's got the arm talent for it. Like he's, he's going to have a job in the NFL. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident with that. Um, he's and, a, and just a, go ahead, yeah. just
1: a, a, a red shirt sophomore. Yeah. Uh, but is he, is he technically a, red troop freshman because of the COVID year don't ask me about COVID I can't mentally grasp that but yeah he has tons of time to mature and improve parts of his game but like he was he was slinging it the arm talent is ridiculous but there was a couple like pretty impressive ball placement throws Mm -hmm. too I mean more on more on some of the stuff Traylon Burks was doing later but
2: he looked legit in this game yeah no I think I think he's he's good he's good you know who else is legit Rob Zach Calzada who has to be sophomore of the week because of uh, <laughs> coming out of nowhere, looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the country, and then putting on that performance against Alabama? And now, do I expect him to to play like that ever again? Not really, but you got to give him all the credit in the world, man. Like, he was on one leg for a good chunk of the second half. <laughs> he didn't take any sacks in the game. Three touchdowns, only one uh, pick. Uh, I don't know where he pulled that from. It was pretty amazing and all-time all-time win for Texas A&M uh, sticking in actually no I won't stick in that
1: game but I'll stick in the state because it, it's each week we have to mention Bijan Robinson who once again was awesome against Oklahoma there was a there was a chunk of that game there where it looked like Texas really was gonna win he was yeah. gonna control the game um, obviously that didn't that didn't come to fruition because the defense completely choked but uh, he was awesome. On the other side, Marvin Mims made some of the mm-hmm. biggest plays in the, in that game. He had two huge catches in particular, one for a touchdown. The other one was just an insane ball adjustment downfield. Um, Mims has been had a quieter year than I think a lot of people expected coming in based on how good he was as a freshman. But maybe it's not him. Maybe that's – he wasn't the reason his numbers – weren't as good. Maybe it was the quarterback play, and maybe he's got a better quarterback now in Caleb Williams who's willing to to put the ball in a playable spot for yeah. him to make
2: an insane grab. Williams looks like he trusts him more, which is funny because Rattler looks like he's always putting it up in traffic. But, but yeah, like that great contested catch where Williams just uh, was on the move, gunned it downfield, was awesome. And then that diving back, like backwards, just get his one foot inbounds for the touchdown was ridiculous. Uh, no, they they don't win the game if he doesn't make those couple of ridiculous ga- uh, grabs and speaking of ridiculous plays, but they lost Bijan. Yeah, that that run down to the Oklahoma one, that was just something special. Like it, yeah, and you know what I thought it was just kind of wild that he, he made the whole team miss maybe twice and like it didn't feel like he lost any juice. Maybe maybe at the last five yards, but he ran like a 100- hundred. I'm exaggerating but like 150 yards on the play and he's still throwing stiff arms at the 10-yard line. It was kind of ridiculous. And he's just gliding and explode like it was so impressive. And yeah, I mean, we we got a RB1 for next year and it's it's, it's no doubt.
1: Uh I will throw one more out there. Jackson Smith Njigba for Ohio State is once again was making tons of plays against Maryland. It helps that uh the other two pass catchers uh wide take so much attention away, but he's mm-hmm. legit he uh he's very Garrett Wilsony.
2: Yeah, no, that that's that's for sure. Speaking of Legit Rob, if we may move on to Weekday Warrior, I think there's only one obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina, who had <laughs> who had he was just
1: absolutely unstoppable. One of the most ridiculous weekday
2: performances we've ever had. And right from the start, 99-yard touchdown catch right away, where he's just wide open off flash. And Chadwell and Co. They just do such a good job of you know those dis- those like disguised uh, play action plays where he's you know like coming backside and leaking out and just or just like sneaking through like the the B gap or like just doing crazy stuff. And, and they find him wide open, and he's he's got the juice to to just house it. And yeah, a catch is 232 yards, four touchdowns. The second touchdown just looked like a you know an old school classic tight end play, but it was a crazy acrobatic tight end ca- uh, touchdown catch with two defenders around yeah. him. Stayed in bounds. They, that was unreal. The other one was just um,
1: him coming across on a rollout, just a yep. little dump off and run,
2: speed everyone to the pylon. And, and then he had the other huge one. Yeah, that's that's when we leaked back across the formation, wide, wide, wide open, and just like the first two out of the first three, no one could catch up to him.
1: It was hilarious because it, yeah, it felt like every drive, Isaiah likely was just picking up a huge gain or scoring a touchdown. um <laughs> yeah. and, and he he's a guy we both liked over the summer and he, in an unproven tight end class, he's a very interesting move tight end with his, like he, he's listed at 6'4", 240, but he almost just looks like a big wide receiver mm-hmm. at times and he's so explosive and you mentioned the, the, the opening play touchdown or the opening, dri- was it the second drive? Uh, Not that that's important. It might have been the second drive. Of, yeah, it was the, the the their first possession, second drive of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And yeah. it was just like the immediate RPO explosive gone. I I think a team's going to fall in love with him. Now, I, I I don't know where the fuck his draft stock is right now, but...
1: Big Johnny Smith vibes.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I like that. I think a team's going to fall in love with him and have fun. You know, they just have a role designated for him. I think I mentioned this two weeks ago or something, but like, it feels like there's so much talk about how every team wants a tight end that can move like him. And we saw randos get overdrafted last year and haven't done anything yet in the NFL, but uh, I don't think he's a rando. I think he's special.
1: Uh, speaking of special, there's no two wide receivers more special than Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave who've earned my offensive... Prospect of the Week award. I couldn't pick just one; they were both tremendous. They both scored two touchdowns. They combined for twelve catches, 204 and four touchdowns. Uh, Olave had the insane circus catch touchdown. Garrett Wilson just was ridiculously explosive. He had that um, that one early the in the release. game where, yeah, the release was just dirty. It was nasty. Uh, they, they, I mean, they were both and and Jackson Smith in the Jigba. They were all just. No one one on that Maryland defense could hang with them. And some of the, like, Garrett Garrett Wilson's other touchdown was a a deeper one. And it was, he, like, kind of stemmed inside as if he was going to run a slant, just exploded back outside, blew by um, the DB. Like, it was nothing because he was just playing at a different speed. And we've talked about how he's more explosive than Olave. But Olave's so sudden and, and never really, like, he never loses that speed. Yeah. And you, you saw that again, too. Like, he had one touchdown where he was just wide open. And then the, the other touchdown was the the circus one I'm talking about, which was also a deep one. And it was, like, the same route. Just one of them was, m- more like, better covered. <laughs> but uh, he, like, he set the corner up perfectly. He w- was, if a better ball it would have been kind of an easy bucket drop. But instead, he just makes an insane play where he's just pass interfered, and then yeah, on the other one, he's just just playing a different speed than everyone else. They're both so good, I think, pr- pretty clearly them and uh, Burks, and Burks are like the, the the three receivers in this class who entered the year as first round type dudes and, and have played at that level throughout the season.
2: I agree. I, I thought I thought the the Wilson release and just fucking. Crushed the corner for the fade was was the most impressive one, which was you know maybe the most low key one, but it was, it was extremely impressive. Uh, for me, my office of prospects of the week is one of the the last remaining maroon goon, but pulled it off. Canyon Green, one of my favorite guys in the summer. Uh, I got to give him all the credit because a they won this game, but b he played like every spot on the Texas A&M offensive line this week. Started at left card, uh, played at left tackle a lot. I think, I think he was a bit at right tackle. He played everywhere, and he was locked down in pass protection in every spot he was in, mauling in the run game. I mean, they didn't have a huge run performance, but I think every time a good run uh, happened, it was behind his hip. Uh, it was just a fucking big-boy performance in a massive upset win. Uh, they didn't give up a single sack all night. They had some pressure. I think there were, like, ten pressures. But I was watching him a lot, and... Uh I thought he was just locked down. Yeah, I, I
1: I didn't have Kenyon Green for uh best offensive prospect obviously, but I had him high up on my shooting up the board cuz you're right. The the things they're asking him to do, no other offensive lineman in the country is being asked to move around the offensive line and, and just play where they need you to play. That happened um what was it? Two a week or two ago when they when they lost to Arkansas and Trey Williams was beating the hell out of their left tackle. They they just shifted Kenyon Green from right guard to left tackle cuz they're like Kenyon Green's got a better chance and Kenyon Green was much better playing uh, against Trey Williams uh, doing that. And it was the same thing here. It's just put him
2: where you need him and don't worry about it cuz he's that good. Um, that's ridiculous though. Like when do you have like, it, it, a weapon on the offensive line like that? Like that's silly.
1: Yeah, like we we talked about it with the defensive line, like Demarvin Leal for example, a guy who's playing all over the defensive line. Yeah, it's so which is obviously really impressive. It's so much more impressive to be shifting mid game around the offensive line and just playing where they need you, and, and, and doing a good job too like, against Alabama.
2: Like it's really, it's insane.
1: Yeah, and like yeah, not not giving up shit to Alabama and, and just being. Mo- moving dudes in the run game because you're a powerful mf'er, but also having the foot speed, the lateral agility to reach landmarks and and, and like play play the left tackle position. When I know he was a high school left tackle, but he's primarily been a guard at Texas A&M. It's just ridiculous. The things he are do- he is doing isn't normal.
2: Yeah, to like like he uh, he wasn't perfect in pass protection, but like he, like you just said, he was solid as fuck. And this is him playing left tackle against, like, Anderson, who's been borderline unblockable this this year. So, like, it's it's ridiculous. Well, it,
1: I think you said uh, over the summer, like, you think Kenyon Green's going to be probably the safest player in the draft, I yeah. think
2: is what you said. And, and, like, this
1: just reaffirms
2: that. Like So, like, he's not getting the amount of love that, like, you know, other offensive linemen are at this point. And I think that's in part due to Texas A&M having the disappointing season up to this game. I'm sure he's getting it now this week. But – Come, come draft season, I think that this, he's going to be one of the, like, you know, like NFL Network will talk about, like, oh, this is a guy you might not have heard his name too much, but he's special. I think it's, that's going to be like Kenyon Green.
1: Probably. He's awesome. Um, moving to the defensive side of the ball, I had to go with Jack Campbell. I thought about Campbell. Uh, the Iowa yeah. linebacker. He, uh, he was all over the place against the run. He helped shut down that that Penn State run game completely. It was basically non-existent. That defense as a whole was awesome, but I think he stood out the most. Um, He was also incredible in coverage. Mm -hmm. He moves so well for a big linebacker. Uh, He, he, like, he on multiple occasions was covering tight ends. He covered the slot a couple times. He, no no pass deflections, but incompletions because of his positioning. He also, on the blitz, he's the one who knocked Sean Clifford out of the game. Uh, and, And that blitz was... That blitz and that pressure was a huge, uh, huge because it was inside the twenty and held Penn State to a field goal. Um I, I, He just the play speed mixed with the instincts mixed with the ability to cover and move fluidly for a linebacker of that size. Uh, he to me was kind of the 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 clear best defensive guy for me.
2: So I I had a hard time picking best defensive prospect. Uh, it kind of came down to two guys: Jack Campbell who I gave a runner-up to, because I, I think I, I felt like you were going to pick him. Uh, and I want Chakarn Brisker on the other side of the ball, who also had yep. a, a game where he felt like he was everywhere on the field. Uh, nine tackles, half TFL, uh, the pick. The pick, like, it was it was a deflection, but, like, it was really well played, where, like, he kind of, like, felt it, you know? Like, he he came down from the safety spot. It was a slant. Uh, he he kind of, like, adjusted before he, like, the guy dropped the ball. It was really impressive. And... Like I said, I just felt like he was all over the field. He got banged up a couple times, but stayed in the game. Um, I, I think he's way better than we give him credit for. Like when we talked about him in the summer, it was like he's a really fun guy. He's a hard hitter. He plays hard. But I think he's he's proven that he's he's more than just a you know a box dude that can can hit hard and play the run well. Uh, he can kind of do it all.
1: Yeah he he was my number one shooting up the board. Um, I think especially because. The, the, the Penn State's three biggest games this year, he's I think he's had an interception in all three. Yeah. He's been their best player in all three. He's been banged up in all three, and just being a, <laughs> a freaking warrior out there. And he, like he came into the season known for what he does as a box safety and a guy who kind of lowers the boom on you. But it's been especially impressive how good he's been in coverage and yeah. how how frequently he's come up with the football in key situations because he's got big time instincts.
2: Yeah, no, he's been ridiculous, and it feels like Penn State's played in big games every single week. Like, like, like we talked about earlier. Like, he ended, I don't know, like the 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 first three games I think ended with him with the ball or him knocking the ball down. Like, it was kind of ridiculous. Obviously, he couldn't get the last play this week, but uh, it wasn't his fault that they lost.
1: Um, yeah. So we've already banged out two of my top guys because you had them for your best in brisker and Kenyon green but let, let, let's jump on Traylon Traylon burks because two of the best catches of the weekend came from him and they came back to back
2: yeah no i i you know where i put him? i put them for outplay the box score i know he had seven catches for a buck 36 and a touchdown i got another play for outplay the box score too so don't worry uh but like those catches were just so ridiculous that like If you look at it, okay, that's a good wide receiver game. But you had to watch the game to really uh, appreciate how insane those two catches were. And they were back-to-back and and identical. They are
1: back to they're Yeah, I was going to say they looked the same. Like, they were both him high, like, pretty well covered. KJ Jefferson putting the ball in a good spot for him to make a play and not the DB, by the way. Yeah. On both. But, uh, yeah, both high-pointed, full like, kind of draped on him. But just showing off incredible body control, concentration, and hand strength to go and get the attack that football. And a two hundred and thirty pound wide receiver doing that. Plus he
2: had the yak touchdown too. Yeah, twenty yards untouched, easy touchdown. And yeah, I think I think on the second one, especially, he just got the nose of the football. It's like the nose of the football hit his left hand and it just stuck. And that was like you said, the hand strength. They're just so impressive. And I think uh I don't know. I think it's gonna be tough, wide receiver one. I think it's just gonna be depending on whatever team needs the wide receiver the most and whoever it's, they just what flavor they like. You know what I mean? It's
1: yeah. I was gonna say it's gonna be cool because Garrett Wilson is the ridiculously explosive one. Chris Olave is the super refined one, and treylon Burks is the physically imposing one.
2: Maybe the Eagles should draft all three. C- can they? They got three. They'll have three first, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, they, they need Carson Wentz to keep playing like he was playing last night, baby.
2: Carson Wentz? He's not on the Eagles.
1: Do you, do you not know? I don't know if you're doing a joke back to me. Yeah, I
2: am. <laughs> okay, I, did,
1: I got really confused. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, baby, 300 yards. No, that's not top.
1: <laughs> um, it's going to be interesting, though, because those three, I think, again, they, they entered the year as my top three. They've clearly played like the top three. It's going to be interesting to see how it – it kind of falls after those three. Yeah, I was about um, to, like, who's
2: next for you? Like uh, We don't have to talk of this now, but...
1: Over I'll, over the summer, it was Anaya Smith, who actually had a really nice game against Alabama, but other than that, he hadn't had a big, big year. John Dodson's been mm-hmm. great. I, I'll talk about him in a bit, but... Hey, my boy Calvin Austin does lead the country in receiving yards. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about Anaya's so, here?
2: I can do Anaya's here. I had him here. I, I didn't have him for anything. Really? I thought he deserves... I, I, give me all the Aggies love, because they deserve it. He was... Like he was, he was one of the dudes on offense. I mean, they couldn't really run the ball, great. And and I Smith just came coming up with a keep, kept coming up with a big plays. So when I mean, Obviously, had the two touchdowns, eighty five yards, six catches. It's it felt like every big play uh, came through Anaya Smith.
1: Nice yeah, he he's he's going to be really interesting because they haven't done a good job utilizing yes. him. Obviously, their offense been a mess this year. But he is such an exciting and explosive move around type player. Yeah. Um, He's, I think, clearly going to be viewed as a slot receiver uh, at the next level, who can do a little bit of everything. Um, but if if the production dips, it's I I think
2: like him showing up to the combine that'll kind of reignite everything for him. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting for sure. And I, I wish they would just I mean, they had him going this game, but it almost felt like you know he was just playing such a great game. It wasn't like they really had had to figure it out with him or anything. No uh um
1: sticking actually no moving back to the H- iowa game quick i just want to talk about matt hankins mm-hmm. who's kind of who had the interception to end the game but prior to that had on the fourth down uh with iowa up three 340 to go he had the huge t- uh hit short of the sticks he, Him in that Iowa secondary has been really fun this year. I think he's the best prospect there. You've talked about Riley Moss before. He, obviously, he had another pick but got hurt. got hurt. But Hankins, I think Hankins is a really interesting guy who's going to end up at the Senior Bowl. And um, he's long. He's he's a little wiry, but he's got some length to him. Uh, I don't think he's the most explosive guy, but he's really technically sound and he's very physical. So I, I'm excited to see
2: kind of what his draft stock does going forward. It's good defense, it's a really good. Def- Imagine if Davion Nixon stuck, stuck around and was up front for them, sick. too. He should have, anyways. I'll, I'll stick in that game since we're here. Uh, how about Ellis Brooks on the other side for the Penn State defense? I thought he was really, I, I, yeah,
1: I put him for out of nowhere because he's not the Penn State linebacker people have been talking about, and he was just monstrous against the run. It felt like for a stretch yeah. there, he was making every single tackle,
2: yeah, yeah, and played the whole game with a cast on his wrist. And literally, no, I think he was everywhere. He had 14 tackles, eight of them solo. Uh, he had the big hit on, on, on Petrus that, that hurt him, uh, on, on the, on the run where he slid, but it was clean. I, th- I know the Iowa fans booed it, but I thought it was clean. Um, no, it really felt like, like he was everywhere. And I think there was one play where like he, uh, it was a pass, I believe, but like just a short dump off and Brooks came down and like, just turn on a dime to avoid the ref. And, and the receiver cut outside, or I think it, it might have been uh, Goodson, but cut outside of the ref, and he made the play. And that was really impressive. And, yeah, no, I, I, he's had a great year, though. He's been big in all their games.
1: He's the type of linebacker, he, he's going to play in the NFL for a long time. I yeah, think. I, just, I agree with you. Just leader based on what he does, mm-hmm. yeah. he He's such a physical downhill thumper and just ridiculous
2: toughness in leadership. Yeah, like and after and you,
1: you threw that game on, and it just stood out the entire
2: Yeah, game. after the game, he hung around and watched the fans yeah, storm. I saw and, that. and you know, he's like, I gotta, you know, get ready. And he, actually, I, I was looking on Twitter too, and he was what, he was there in the stadium alone at the start of the game too, just sitting on the stand. I don't know, he seems like a badass. I like him a lot. I yeah, know. I like him. Uh,
1: no, he's definitely a good one. Um, jumping a Kentucky LSU, I, I want to put Darian Kennard because. Kentucky, uh, they obviously beat LSU. Kentucky's having, like, the best season they've ever had. Yeah. The the Wildcats ran for 330 yards in this game. Canard got banged up at one point, and I was pretty scared because it, it looked like it could be a bad knee injury. Ended up coming back in, luckily. But he was moving dudes uh, against LSU. And just, you can see the path to him being an amazing run-blocking guard in the NFL. And uh, obviously... He plays right tackle, and mm-hmm. most people project him as a guard, um, just because he he looks like he could be a pro bull guard for what he can do and how much power he has. Stick him inside and let him work. Uh, Derry Dar- Rose- Rosenthal also played well. He got banged up too,
2: though, so I'm not totally sure what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I, I love uh, I love watching Kentucky. <laughs> They're fun, and I, I I mean picks later, but this week is going to be it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, I think we got to give a lot of love to. Because he showed up big for the Sooners. Kennedy Brooks. I was going to say him, yeah. He, like, uh, first of all, statistically, 25 carries, 217, two touchdowns. Like, like, I thought he was impressive from the get-go, though. You know, he's just running hard. Good vision. Uh, Looked a little burstier than than I thought usual, too. And it's just like, you know, this is what we should – this was early in the game. when I was like, okay, this is what we should see from Kennedy Brooks. I like this. This is going good. And then he just put the team on his back at at points. Obviously, the game-winning touchdown – I just thought he was a fucking horse to to finish the game like that. Uh, he had that huge run. Where that f- play was sick too. The
1: the game winning touchdown play with the, the kind of the uh, the direct snap fake pitch to Caleb Williams cut back the other way and, and just yeah. hit it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. It looked too easy, but it's because it's so well designed. No, totally. And then he, like he had that one huge run where he fumbled at the end, but he was down, so it doesn't matter. No, I thought he was a monster. And and you know going into the year, everyone I think us included were like, okay, Eric Gray is going to be the dude, and. You know, Brooks is kind of coming back and just settling back in. I like him. Maybe he's a late day three guy. Um, And he's just, he's just, Gray hasn't been too impressive, and he's just shoved him off, and and Brooks has been amazing.
1: Uh, Okay, quickly, three quarterbacks I want to mention. Matt Corral, because, once again, he played really well when most of the other big-name quarterbacks didn't. Um, Obviously, shootout with Arkansas, he pulled off the win. Um, But also, I put down C.J. Stroud and Casey Thompson. Because if we're starting to look for other quarterbacks in this class, those two who are both, I don't think we expect either of them t- to declare. But I think they've been two of the best kind of out of nowhere quarterbacks at big programs. And they're they're back at it again. Obviously, it helps Stroud that he plays with the best pass catching trio in the country and has a stud freshman running back. But he's been unbelievable. He threw for four hundred six and five touchdowns. It was a lot of deep balls, a lot of well placed balls to Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, Njigba, and Chris Olave, uh, and he just seems very unfazed. I know the Oregon game wasn't great, but even then, that was more on the defense than him. So I, I think that that stock, that buzz, that's going to grow. I think the same thing for Casey Thompson. I and, and that's why I put him as well because I, I, you've been talking about Casey Thompson for like the last two or three weeks and. I mean, you throw on the Texas game. Like, obviously, they lost, but he threw for five
2: five touchdowns, and he he was. I mean, he was awesome. He's like his arm is legit. I, like, honestly, remember when he came into the bowl game? I'm like, I think he's like the. I, I think he's Texas's quarterback. Like, I, he looks so good, and obviously, all the stuff with Card happened. We've already talked about that, but no, like he was great in this game. Um, I think the arm is legit. Like, I don't think he's gonna ever be a like you know I. I top three round top 100 guy but i i think there's something there to him and i think like you know fourth round fifth round when he keeps putting up numbers like this teams are going to be looking at him
1: um yeah especially again when the other quarterbacks yeah uh just keep disappointing and outside of matt corral and kenny pickett who we even talked about at this point um <laughs> and obviously malik willis Carson strong but uh Speaking of quarterbacks, sliding down the board, you have to put Spencer Rattler. There's, like, really nothing else you can say about him at this point. We've said it all for weeks. And we we were talking about it at the top of the show. It doesn't seem like he's going to – or it doesn't seem like he should be the starting quarterback
2: in Norman, Oklahoma anymore. And maybe SMU is the next stop. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I I didn't have that many guys sliding down the board. I I thought there was a lot of, like, big-time performance, a lot of big-time defensive performances. Uh, Rattler's the headline, obviously. He's the no-brainer. I mean, obviously, when he's getting benched, um, the interception—it just looked so, so ugly. And yeah, it was a miscommunication with Stogner. But by the time uh, Rattler released the ball, Stogner's back was to him. So like, you got to do better. And then I don't know, the throw wasn't even good. Regardless, I don't think, and like terrible. Had a couple overthrows. Um, I think a, a problem we keep coming back to: third and thirteen, he had all day to throw. And like just took a sack, and there wasn't a big play there or anything, but there was guys fairly open, and I don't know, I didn't like the play call either, but still, it it, it didn't look good for him. Remember the double pass? Could have been a touch on. Rather got hit, missed the throw. Hard to blame him, but still, when you're when you're not performing and you're supposed to be the first overall pick, you got to make those plays. And the fumble was brutal. And I remember the, remember the one where he, he he passed up an easy throw on third down, scrambled. Had the ball deflected and and nearly intercepted, but if it wasn't deflected, it was a for sure interception too. Again, the receiver had his back to Rattler, and I just you put it all together, and it's, it's I don't know what you do with Spencer it, Rattler. It just seems like he doesn't have
1: any like chemistry or feel.
2: Yeah, which and is then weird. Cal Williams
1: comes in and and, and and like people have been criticizing the Oklahoma pass catchers this year too. And, but then, I mean, Caleb Williams comes in, and, and obviously, we talked about Marvin Mims already. It was great. And they just, the run game looks so much better, too, because Caleb Williams is such a threat as a runner. And yeah. Spencer Rattler's mobile obviously can make plays on the move as a passer, but like Caleb Williams just adds a totally different flavor to your run game as a, an extra guy
2: that defenders have to account for. Exactly. Like, and I think that's a big reason why you can't go back to Rattler. And um... I agree. Now, you know what it is, Rob? He's not used to like throwing to actual players in actual football games. He's, he's a no-look, pass, jump-throw kind of guy. That's a really good point. Uh, really good point. <laughs> did you have a long they, list? They played
1: T- yeah, play TCU this week. Uh, I, I'm suspecting it'll be kind of a
2: split, and then against Kansas, you just give kill Williams at all? I think, yeah, I wonder how much we're going to see Riley. I, I The way Riley is talking, it sounds like we're going to get a good dose of, of Spencer Rowler.
1: That that's what I mean.
2: It, it seems like Lincoln Lincoln Riley doesn't want to just kind of throw him under the bus or anything, which I can um, r- appreciate. But yeah, like against the weaker teams in the Big Twelve, fine. But I mean, if they get to the playoffs, I I don't think it's Spencer Rattler starting. No, um, I,
1: I I I have a couple offensive linemen uh, to talk about. Rasheed Walker, I didn't think played a very good game for Penn State. Yeah. The offensive line as a whole looked really bad. There was a ridiculous amount of false starts. Uh, yes. The Iowa crowd had him jumping. But Rashid Walker in particular, he, he looked fine in pass protection for the most part. But I thought uh, in the run game, and again, Penn State just couldn't run the ball, which killed them once Roberson had to come in for Sean Clifford. But uh, Rashid Walker was just not getting much drive at all and not sustaining blocks. I thought Zach Finn-Valkenberg. Uh, the Iowa edge, who I actually mm-hmm. put right out of nowhere prospect, was just controlling him, especially setting the edge, uh, hands on him and just moving him where he needed to move him and, and giving clear path for the Iowa linebackers, Jack Campbell
2: in particular. But yeah, I didn't think Rasheed Walker played a, a great game. Um, like he hasn't been that first round potential prospect that some had him as. Yeah, like he's played well it's been fine it's been but, fine yeah yeah exactly yeah I'm um agreeing. and I,
1: I just needed to see more specifically as a run blocker uh also the lsu guards i thought struggled against kentucky um but like i thought i thought heinz really struggled to consistently uh anchor in pass protection and i thought ed ingram wasn't getting a ton done uh in terms of Sustaining and driving uh, on blocks in, in the run game. Um, the Kentucky front seven just really physical. And yeah, both of them kind of struggled. LSU's was a whole really if, struggled, but. It feels like it's going to get ugly
2: at LSU, right? Like every player yeah, I think is hurt. has got to be out. Neto's yeah. got to be out, which is wild. It's hard to put um, the blame on them, but like fully, but um, yeah. no. I mean, he, but when I you agree. factor
1: in some other stuff we know about, yeah. things that have gone on. Yeah. Uh, Moving to Alabama game, I, I got a, a, a trio. Who do do you have any Alabama guys? Christian Harris was kind of
2: like my my big yeah. one. I put him in Henry uh, Toto. Okay, I I thought Toto was like <laughs> Toto. He, like he, he was played okay. better down the stretch. I wrote his name
1: down before the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked better, in, especially in pass coverage. Christian Harris was just Im- invisible. Yes, I thought um, Toto like you. I thought he was struggling to work off blocks and, and um, make much of an impact against the run. But then, yeah, down the stretch, he did play a lot better in the fourth quarter. I thought he looked good in coverage. But, yeah, Christian Harris was just nowhere to be found, it like, felt like.
2: Yeah, like for a guy that some people had linebacker one coming to the year. Uh, some people
1: had top ten prospect.
2: Yeah, no, that was all hype. I don't – it feels like every year this is happening with Alabama linebackers. And – we gotta look. Maybe, maybe we just project them all as like D three guys and let them prove it next year. Because um, I don't know, Harris is athletic, but uh, he's not playing well. No, I also put Jaleel Billingsley. Hmm, it's a good one. I should have put Billingsley down. Yeah,
1: who? He just no impact drops. Um, had some okay blocks. Had some missed blocks. I just I don't know. That 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 kind of circles back to what I was talking about. I was talking about Isaiah Likely in the tight end class as a whole. It just no one's really solidified themselves. I mean, Jay Watermeyer had a good game, by the way. But I got uh,
2: I got him later. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, the 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 tight end class is like Stogner. You have mentioned him earlier. His production dropped off huge because yeah. that Oklahoma offense has been a mess. Yeah. It's just and like Jeremy Rocker's ha- had very little impact in the Ohio State passing game, and Billingsley's been this this guy who. You can see the path to him being this explosive playmaker. But between what Nick Saban said about him and, like, the struggles in a game like this, uh, the stock is trending down.
2: Yeah, I think the Saban-Doghouse thing is real. Because, uh, obviously, like, he had that one terrible drop. But it feels like, like, obviously, he's talented as hell. We, we know that. But um, in the big situation, I, I I thought they've gone to Cameron Latu more. And he's been... yeah. The better, like I, not the same draft prospect, but he's been the better player for them this year.
1: Agreed. Um, out of nowhere, we already mentioned Ellis Brooks, and I just mentioned Zach Van Valkenburg, who Val, Van Valkenburg just plays so hard and mm-hmm. he's such a good run
2: defender. I feel like that's a guy who's going to carve out a rotational role in the NFL. Agree. I'll give you two. Also, a Big Ten country. I put I put Darren Beavers, who I know is not super out of nowhere, the Cincinnati linebacker. He's been playing just so well this season. I thought. I thought, and he had a really good game on Friday night. Uh, six tackles, a sack, a pass deflection. Uh, he's a big dude too. Six four, two fifty five. He's a he's a redshirt senior now, and he, he plays his size. He's always hitting big, and he's always around the football. He just looks like a solid linebacker. I've been impressed with him, and I haven't mentioned him on the show, but every week he he makes a couple plays. I'm like, he's just really solid dude, and he's got that big old frame that he's built for. Um. Also mentioned going to the Michigan Nebraska game. Um, I thought I thought Nebraska's corner Cam Taylor Britt, uh, six foot two oh five, was always around the football. I'm making a lot of big plays. He had 11 tackles, and that seems like okay. He had a bad game because most one corners have big tackles. They have bad games, but but it's not like Michigan really throws the football. Like I thought he was making a lot of plays where he's like like he had a couple plays where he's coming from the back as the backside corner, uh, making the, the 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 play in the run on the opposite side of the field, which was really impressive. Uh, when Michigan was pushing the ball downfield, he had three uh, passive deflections too, just busting his ass in the run, like I said. Um, I thought he was. I think he had some hype last year, and because I, I've noticed Nebraska fans, they talk about him a lot, and um, they've said like this is his best game at Nebraska, and, and it was a really good game.
1: Um, prospecting made me look stupid. I'm going to go with maybe I was the only person who decided to watch USC Utah, but <laughs> I went for it. Um, and let me tell you, USC is bad. But at least they understand who their best playmaker is, and it's not close. And it's Drake London, who had 16 for 162 and a touchdown in this game. Um At times, oh, was it you who was talking about the idea of him being a tight end?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think he is a tight end. I mean, I haven't sat down and watched him this year, and I know he's putting up good numbers. He does have the most drops in the country, by the way, entering this week? Yes, I, I know he does. But I, um, I think he's more of a tight end, yeah.
1: He, they were, like, utilizing him like a tight end at times. His touchdown came on, like, a similar play to Isaiah Lightley's, uh second touchdown, mm-hmm. where he's just coming across the formation, quick dump off in, in the flats and let him go, and he hurt a little guy. Uh, but because he, he's just such a big-bodied playmaker, he's not particularly, uh, like, for a wide receiver, he's just, not very explosive. Yeah. But the idea of putting some weight on him and being a move tight end, I thought that just kept sticking out in my mind in this game as they went to him play after play. And it felt like how the Raiders uh at times target Darren Waller a ridiculous yeah. amount. That's that, that <laughs> was the vibe I was game with Drake London. Now Drake London's not nearly as athletic as Darren Waller, but you, you get what I'm saying. No, and, no, that's, uh, a, I, that's a good comparison. I yeah. started to just really enjoy watching him because the whole USC offense has to run through him because he's, He's that dude for them.
2: Yeah, he's had, like, such a weird year where, like, again, I've watched the first two USC games, I think, and I'm like, I had enough of this team. Um, (laughs) And, like, when I watch him, like, I know he's putting up huge numbers and people are are into him, but, again, you come back, most drops in the country, and it's like, I don't know. And, and, yeah, entering the year, like, they use him, like, because he played slot, like, all year last year. And um, because he wasn't, you know, they had him on Raw and – Oh, I'm blanking on the other receiver's name on the outside. Number 21. Yeah, number 21. I can't think of his name, though. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Vons, Tyler Vons. And uh, yeah. yeah, they had them on the outside, and just, you know, he was like the, the chain mover kind of. And I think that's kind of his role. I don't know. And I think if you know, if you, like you said, pack some pounds on, and he goes to the combine as a tight end and he runs a 4.5.5, five, then it's like, wow, he's a fast tight end. Like, you know what I mean? Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, my. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say who you got. I got Jalen Widermeyer, speaking of tight ends, who uh, I think I've been dogging him for the last couple of weeks or something, uh, just not showing up at all for for Tammy And I know the situation's fucked, but he showed up in the biggest game of the season for them. Uh, it was only three catches, but they were all huge. And he had that, the, the one huge touchdown. And I thought, like, remember, like, we talked in the summer that, like, I thought he was going to be a better athlete going into the tape. And you get watching, he's like, you know, he's a fine athlete. Looked like a good athlete on Saturday night against Bama, and he looked really good all around.
1: Uh, I'll stick in that game for my best prospect, first prospect matchup. With It wasn't every snap, but when it happened, it was sick. Evan Neal versus DeMarvin Leal, who both of them played very well in this game. Uh, Leal literally played all over the defensive line, and um, he's just a really fun guy to watch. And then Evan Neal was just, I mean, Evan Neal.
2: I had the same matchup, and yeah, my, my top note was that I didn't. We didn't get as much as I, I hoped we would, but just watching them even individually and head to head, no, it was definitely fun. And Neal's, I don't know right now if you ask me. And, and the Jaguars are picking first. I think I think Neil's the pick, but uh, Leal's like again going to Tamu and being struggling. Uh, it feels like you haven't heard his name too too much. And like he was he was in on a lot of tackles this week, and the way they use him is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think his stock's gonna be a little interesting.
1: Uh, prospect. You have played the box score, and I've put him here before because he gets open so much, but his quarterback plays so bad that he doesn't really get to do anything with it. Uh, and that's Jahan Dotson,
2: mm-hmm. who
1: still ended up with eight catches for forty-eight yards. But between Sean Clifford and Roberson, he in he, missing him. He should have had so much more, and I just feel bad because he's awesome. I think he's gonna be like I don't know. I get some Terry McLaurin vibes from him.
2: Yeah, not nice. not
1: like to that level, but just in terms of being really awesome and just lack of production, not his fault.
2: Yeah. Like Ter- Terry, you went to a, a bad big 10 school too. So I exactly, mean, exactly. it's understandable. You know, it is a good big 10 school, both academically and on the football field, the university of Michigan and Aiden Hutchinson feels like you can peg him in here every week. But like, is this a little bit of concern? Cause he had six, six tackles, only three solo, no sacks. He got credit for eight pressures super stout against the run but he's not getting home right now but he's balling out but he's not getting home and they're gonna start needing him to get home but he's still playing amazing football where
1: he's gonna eight pressures and you're complaining
2: no i'm just look. i don't want to be a homer and i'm trying to spin it a little bit and i've already had him here and i put him like he's been amazing but <laughs> i'm just trying to spin it a little bit and, and give us a talking point um <laughs> yeah no and, and great against the run too and um no he's been terrific he's been so good this year and it's uh
1: I bet Zach Harrison doesn't have eight pressures on the whole season.
2: (laughs) Yeah, look, it's nice, though. It's finally nice to have a, you know, like, Rashawn Gary's great. He's a really good football player, but, like, no production. It's nice to have a guy finally live up to the expectations.
1: Uh, Speaking
2: of not living up to expectations, prospect who's being overhyped. Okay. I had to put Kenny Pickett here um, because I felt like this is what I wanted to talk about, okay? Okay. We got the hype building today. We got the hype building with with Dane Brugler, like you mentioned, off the show to me. I uh, read the article. Um, like, okay, Kenny Pickett is better than we gave him credit for before this season, okay? But I think, like we talked about a little bit earlier, I think he's a product of the lack of quarterbacks this year, and someone needs to fill that vacuum. And right now it feels like people are trying to push Kenny Pickett into that vacuum. And in that article, know, Br- he threw, he threw five touchdowns against New Hampshire. <laughs> In that article, uh, Brugler said he's going to go T2. He said this straight out. A scout that he quoted uh, said he's he's on a Kirk Cousins trajectory, which to me doesn't make sense because so, Kirk went in the fourth round, so that doesn't even fucking add up. Um, <laughs> but also, like Kirk, you know, he shared a Big Ten title and then he lost in the Big Ten title game. He was playing, in, he beat Georgia in the, in the Peach Bowl, I think it was. He was playing in big games. You know, he had that shootout against Russ in the Big Ten. I, I,
1: Kenny Pickett is not, not the ready to say anything about Kenny Pickett until Pitt plays a team. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. Because sure, Georgia Tech played Clemson tight, but Clemson's clearly just not very good. Yeah. Um, Other like he he lost to Western Michigan, and Western Michigan's been great in the MAC. But like Western Michigan's not. uh, I know he played really well against them, but like Western Michigan, in theory, is the best team they've played. Like he played pretty well against Tennessee. Yeah. And Tennessee's been a little bit up and down. We'll get a, a better understanding of. How good they are this week when they yep. play Ole Miss at home, um, but really, like he hasn't played a mid like a definite uh, has he put like a, a definite power five bowl eight win power five team yet? But know. is he gonna
2: play any? He might not even get one. I'm checking Pitt's schedule. Talk about him more. Will I check? No, like I think in that Tennessee game he had his moments. I remember we talked to him that that week where. You know that one okay. where he rolled out and ripped a ball. Like he had his moments in that game, but so uh, they yeah. play they play
1: Virginia Tech and Blacksburg uh, okay. this weekend. That's a good test. Which I mean that's not still it's not like a great test. Then they play Clemson, Miami. That's not yeah, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, and Syracuse. So in theory, three of those games are supposed to be against ranked teams. Um I don't know. But I, I think it, it's a it's a big wait and see he's gonna be at yeah. the senior bowl obviously like the the senior quarterback class is so bad after malik willis um i don't think it's unfathomable to think he's a top five quarterback in a class that just really yeah. stinks yep yeah. um but yeah i, I i'm st- i'm i'm still in wait and see mode with him i i i mean i i need to sit down and like actually watch yes. this year's tape still because yeah. i'm just going off live game action but uh they also just haven't played anyone where I'm like feeling like he should be making this big of a jump. I think he was in the Athletics Heisman Bowl this week.
2: Hey, yeah. If they're playing Syracuse at the Carrier Dome, that's the test. Exactly. Or if they go to Idaho. <laughs> no, but for like on that schedule, in Blacksburg might be the biggest test, which is not saying much. No,
1: it's not even at night.
2: It's not even his fault. Uh, though. Like you can't blame him that the ACC sucks, but yeah.
1: I know. Um, Mike Jones Jr., the Clemson linebacker, knew the ACC sucks so much he transferred to LSU. And I'm putting him for overhype. He barely <laughs> plays. He's a linebacker he had a lot of hype at Clemson when he mm-hmm. transferred. Everyone was made this big deal about it. He's going to LSU. Like he's one of the top linebackers in the class. He he's like a rotational player at best for the for the Tigers. He they, they don't play him on rundowns. He was irrelevant. When he came out the field against Kentucky, he was net negative. And just, I kept thinking, like, why was there so much hype around this guy? And then, yeah. Uh, so I had to put him. Um, are we simultaneously seeing Jamison Williams for transfer who popped on the scene? Or Kenneth Walker? The, the two best transfers in the country.
2: I, I, I You know, I didn't put Williams anywhere, but he obviously was a, had a great game.
1: He had uh, 10 for 146, two touchdowns. He was like the only thing Alabama had going for them. He was trying to put the team on his back. He had that touchdown where they didn't cover him. That shouldn't have counted because also <laughs> nothing was set. But uh, he's been incredible. And it just goes to show how good that Ohio State-Weber state receiver yeah. room is that he couldn't make an impact there. And now he's the best
2: player on Alabama's offense. Yeah, his stock's going to be really interesting because, I mean, he's fast as fuck. Like, he's going to go high. And he's talented. I'm not saying he's not talented, too, but I'm just saying – He's, he almost feels like, it feels weird, because he's been so good, but it feels like, I don't know, like, Alabama wide receivers always get all of this love, and deservingly so, but it feels like he's almost under the radar, to be to be completely honest. He is, because people are still talking about John Mechie. And I love and John
1: Mechie. I'm totally, always going to pound the table for Mechie, but he's been better. He's totally been better. He's totally been better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm 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 excited to see what happens with him. I wonder uh, I wonder if he'll go go back to Alabama or what, what the case mm-hmm. is because I don't think anyone necessarily saw him leaving Ohio State and having this major impact at Alabama right away.
2: Yeah, no, perfect timing for him though. You got to give him some. He used the transfer portal uh built as well as you can. Uh yeah. No else did Rob. I've yeah. had him here multiple times. I think Penn State Edge Arnold Epichetti uh, from uh, Old Temple. Oh
1: yep. Yep.
2: Had a great game against Iowa. Uh, he had that early sack. Yeah, in the red zone, almost like uh, Campbell's big play. Felt similar where uh, sack came in the red zone. He was just too much for the for the left tackle. Looked easy to come up with that sack. Uh, nine tackles, three and a half TFLs uh, every week. Every single week, he's going in there and kicking someone's ass and, and looking good both as a pass rusher and making plays in the run. He's he's legit.
1: Um, finally, small school guy who caught your eye. Um. This is a name who's been mentioned on on this show before because I, I liked him a lot coming into the year. And he was just a, a man possessed against Arkansas State, Jeffrey Gunter. Mm-hmm. He just plays so hard. And he, he looks like he's playing at a different level than uh, the other guys uh, in the Sun Belt because he looks like an NFL edge rusher. He's explosive. He's powerful. He had a monstrous sack on a loop play where he just blew everything up. Yep. And he was awesome. Jumped over the offensive really. lineman, like not yeah. clear
2: over him, but he was on the ground. It's pretty badass. And like the close, I have him here too, but I got another name. But like the closing speed to close down that was really impressive. And then he was fucking pumped on the sideline and they're like kicking their ass. So I'm like, why are you so excited? But I loved it. Um. Yeah. He. He. He's gonna be at the senior bowl. I suspect. Who, who's he's, your other guy? I. I kind of stuck to the game plan here. I put Khalil Shakir. Who I end up watching <laughs> Boise State football games for some reason, and he's Has always he good. Never not been here. Uh. From one of us. Yeah. I think we've had him every week. But he's so much fun, man. And this week it was this insane backwards leaping catching, double coverage that. He had no business coming down with. And, like, on a whole, five catches, 66 yards, not a huge game, but they won. Big upset against BYU, which I think BYU is the least mentioned top 10 non-Power 5 team in history. Because, like, if I bet you if you asked anyone who was number 10 last week, no one could tell you it's BYU. And and they came in and they, they got a big upset. And LeVar uh, Edwards? That's not right. And, yeah. Yeah, is it? that didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Uh, under under the, the big old mountain there. They were good. They were a good team, and Shakir's always impactful. Yeah, it's Lavelle Edwards. Lavelle Edwards. Yeah, I said Lavar. Lavar. Yeah, Burden no, no. Stadium.
1: Um. Okay. Let's get to it. Let's get to the picks that you can find on Spotify Green Room, um, where AJ just. Throughout Saturday's announces when picks are right or wrong, just stays <laughs> live the whole day, just and tells you. Most it, of it's silence.
2: It yeah, most of it's silence, and then I'll just say, you know, uh, Iowa plus <laughs> minus two is in, and that's it.
1: Uh, um, I went five and zero, so it was a lot of positive for me this
2: week. Would you? Yeah, go? the Texas game fucked me up. I should have been five and zero. I went four and one.
1: That's would you? So you only missed on that Texas game.
2: Yeah, only missed on the tax. And I shouldn't have, yeah. Which was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> I've never been so excited for a cover in my entire life. I was heartbroken. I don't think I've gone 5-0 since it's, we've done this. And it I set
1: I up perfe- it. perfectly for Oklahoma to win and Texas to cover. and bang, I know.
2: Brooks. I know. I know. It hurt. All right, I'm 18-7 on the season. 14-11. You're having a good year, man. Yeah, people say I'm pretty smart. <laughs> this feels like the week I wreck it all. I feel like I'm going home five
1: this week. I'm not confident in anything. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, when it's not an exciting week, it makes you less excited to make picks.
2: <laughs> it's also like know. like I always try to pick like the five biggest games or four in a random one, and it's hard this week to find the big ones, right? And so like when yeah, you get into that, I, term, I've sorry? been
1: trying to do four big ones and then a uh, group of five game I like.
2: Yeah, we're like um, you, you know it, it hasn't. I haven't really been picking games I like. It's like it's like the big games and. When you don't know what the big games are, it's, it looks like you're trying to force it. But if I may start, I'm going back to the well. Noon FS1. I'm going back to Michigan State. They're minus five last week against Rutgers in in Piscataway. They covered. They're minus five at Indiana. Indiana has not been good. I didn't mention them quickly. If I if I may, Kenneth Walker, another amazing game. Uh, had over 200 yard yards,
1: touchdown.
2: 94 yard touchdown run, and Jalen Naylor, their wide receiver, was fucking unstoppable. I, I,
1: I, I think the stat was they're the first team to have, I don't know if it was, I don't know. Okay, I, so I shouldn't have started saying this because I <laughs> clearly don't know what the stat Yeah, because so it had N- to do with having a 200-yard receiver, a 200-yard rusher, and a 300-yard passer.
2: Ridiculous, yeah, because Naylor had 221, Walker had 232. Naylor was unstoppable. He was, he was just getting open deep and making great adjustments and making guys miss after the catch. Uh, ridiculous. It wasn't like uh, Payne played well. It was, it was, all, it was all Naylor. Anyways. So going into uh, into Indiana, I'm I'm riding the Spartans again. They're still a little brother, and I can't wait for that game. But uh, I like the spread.
1: Um,
2: yeah, I I considered
1: picking that game. Uh, I didn't. I, I'll start with noon CBS Auburn at number seventeen Arkansas. Pig Suey. I pick my Razorbacks every week, and it hasn't failed me really. Uh, so Razorbacks minus three and a half at home. Yeah, I, I hate I'm, Auburn. I hate Auburn so much. Bonex is not for me. They look bad against Georgia, which I mean every offense does. Yeah. But uh, this Arkansas offense is really talented, and I think they're gonna hang with an Auburn defense that's not as good as it's been in the past. Um, defensively, I, I think that that front sevens are gonna have a nice bounce back for Arkansas after two tough weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think to, to me, Arkansas is like very much like they're they're competing with. A, most of the SEC teams are playing in Auburn uh, isn't
2: yeah no like I I jumped on the pig train with you too and I'm I, I got bit in the Texas game got bit by the hog in the Texas game and then I flipped I flipped the hog and I I wrote it and no, I'm I'm sticking with it no I agree Arkansas minus three so, and a half you're taking that too I'm taking it too yeah oh yeah I like it like genuinely I don't think Auburn uh is like like this basically means neutral field Arkansas is half a point better I, I don't think that is true. And then you add in, that's a good home field atmosphere in Arkansas, and, you know, the fans are buzzing right now. Um, yeah, Pigs.
1: Um, okay, 12 p.m., Fox. This, it, it, I just, I don't want to pick this game, but it feels like okay. you have to just because, again, there's there's two top 25 matchups this week, and this is theoretically the better one. Uh, number 12, Oklahoma State, who's no one's talking about this year. Yeah, yeah. Whose defense has been really good. Um, They're headed uh, to Austin to take on number 25, Texas, coming off that tough loss. Longhorns are five-and-a-half point favorites at home. I'm going to take the Longhorns. I saw enough from them last week to believe that offense can kind of keep them in most games. And the Oklahoma State offense has been – like Spencer Sanders has been pretty up and down. They – Achuba a Chuba Hubbard to lean on, they haven't been the same on offense. And their defense has very much carried them. But I think, like, Casey Thompson, Worthy, Bijan Robinson, I think there's just too much offensive talent for Texas to to not win by a, score, by a touchdown.
2: Yeah, so I... Texas spurned me last week. So this week I'm picking against them. And I think I've, I've Texas, picked against... T- Texas burns
1: you most weeks, it sounds
2: like. I think so, yeah. And Oklahoma State, I think I've picked them two or three times now. And they have not burned me. They just... You know, they, they get in the mud. They play these tight Big 12 games and they cover. And you're giving them five and a half points. I'm going to take them to cover. And like you said, I think Texas is more talented. They might be the better team, but you're getting five and a half points. I'm taking the pokes.
1: Respect. I, I like when we're pitted against each other. <laughs> uh, the other top 25 game, the SEC game of the week 330 CBS, number 11 Kentucky, at number one Georgia. The Bulldogs make that jump. They've been riding the Stetson Bennett and Their defense is so good, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think Kentucky is the rare team that's built to cover against the Bulldogs. <laughs> 23.5. I think they only lose by a good 20. I see it being like a 37-17 type of win for the Bulldogs. Um, Kentucky runs the ball well. Will Levis isn't a dynamic passer, but what he does as a runner really supplements that uh, the the rushing attack. Wondell Robinson is an SEC-level playmaker. Defensively, they they don't have, like, a complete dude. They got a couple guys, Yusuf Corker, Josh Paschal. They just play really well as a unit. Yeah. And if Stetson Bennett's still hanging in this game, like, I don't... I, I think it's going to be a lot of Georgia churning clock, running the ball, and not covering, but winning handedly.
2: No, I agree. I... I'm picking with my heart more than my head, but it's 23 and a half points.
1: I've been riding Kentucky and Arkansas all year, and I love them. They're my two favorite teams.
2: And it's 23 and a half points. I know it's in Athens, and Georgia's really, really good. I see this more being like, you know, a 24 7 game. Like, I I think if Georgia scores more than 30, they probably cover. You know what I mean? Because the defense is so good. And if they're scoring that much, I think it's more um, turnovers. And if Kentucky and Levis, especially, can avoid the turnovers. I think they're going to be in the game. But I think, that, you know, they're just going to try, you know, Kennard, like we talked about, really good. Rodriguez has been so good this year for them too. lev has been solid. Wondell Robinson's been good. The Georgia defense is special. But uh, we're talking three touchdowns and a field goal for, for Georgia to win. Maybe they just win by three touchdowns, you know what I mean? And I think Kentucky's going to hang more than the other teams have against Georgia. Yeah.
1: Okay, here's my, uh, my fool around group of five game of the week. 330 ESPNU Kent State at Western Michigan. Western Michigan six and a half point favorites. Two best quarterbacks in the Mac. Caleb Ellaby, Dustin Crum. I suspect a shootout's gonna break out. <laughs> uh I'm gonna ride Western Michigan. They uh I think that the, they, they got our boy Ralph Hawley at DT. I think that they've got the best prospects in the conference, and I, I think LB uh, Ellaby confirms he's the best quarterback in the Mac.
2: I like it. I like it. I'm going to go to a shootout as well. Seven thirty. SEC Network. Ole Miss minus three at Tennessee. Uh, the I'm Vols. It too. The Vols have been scored in bunches. Uh, did you? So you, do you know what the total is? Right.
1: No, I, I I put my pick in before I saw the total. Do you want to guess? Um, I'm going to say seventy-one and a half.
2: Good guess. Uh, Bump that first digit up one. 81 and a half. <laughs> no
1: way. It's I thought bit.
2: I might go over. I thought
1: maybe high 60. <laughs> I mean, t- Tennessee all of a sudden, they put yeah. Hendon Hooker at quarterback, and, and that offense got really explosive. Josh Hupel's doing a good, like, they, they give up a lot of points, but they're, I mean, they're hanging burgers on SEC teams all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, minimum, it's impressive. This is a fun game. I wish it was on a bigger network, but. I know. Uh, no Especially one on knew the schedule was going to carry them. Yeah. I know. I, lo- I love but, Milton uh,
2: and Hooker. Like kind of like the same dude. Like, both transferring to Tennessee. Hooker, Milton. You know, remember just throwing overthrowing guys by forty yards. All all that one game. Uh, I think it was the pick game actually. And, <laughs> and then yeah, Hooker's been good. He's been really good. They're putting up fifty points a game. Like not statistically, but consistently. Uh, but minus three Ole Miss, Matt Corral. Uh, I don't care if it's Neyland. Uh, g- give me, give me hotty totty. Yeah,
1: I'm with you. Um, Ole Miss is is winning shootouts against other, uh, well, Arkansas not a great great SEC program, but top twenty five SEC program. Um, uh, but this is a great prove it game for Josh Heupel's offense and Brendan Hooker. And can you are you really on that like kind of that Arkansas Kentucky Ole Miss second tier SEC program level, or are you still a notch below, uh, or even further? but, yeah, I'm with you. Matt, Matt Corral, they, they they win every shootout. This
2: is going to be a shootout. They're going to win. Totally agree. Yeah, I think that spreads a little. Uh, I think that's tasty. I think it's tasty. I think so, too. I I get it, though.
1: I get it. I mean, Tennessee's yep. been an offensive juggernaut. You 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 suspect another shootout. Ole Miss coming off an emotional victory on the road. Nealon's not an easy
2: place to play. It's a night game, too. So uh, was that all five of yours? Yeah, it's gonna hold on. Score prediction. It's gonna be uh, forty three to forty somehow.
1: <laughs> uh, I I've got uh what is that sixty five sixty three? Like a basketball game.
2: <laughs> no, but for real, like the schedule's not that good. The night games aren't that good. I mean, Michigan and Ohio State are on the bye, so nothing can be good this week. But I think it's gonna be a fun you game. they just
1: through an end zone pick though. I know. I fun know. belt, baby. Louisiana's kicking possible.
2: their ass, but hey, the, the Mountaineers needed that big time. Yeah, they did.
1: Um, But, yeah, I I think that Ole Miss-Tennessee game sticks out as a fun one uh, when there's not a lot going on at
2: night. Totally agree. They should have saved the blackout jerseys for this week. Or for Halloween. I don't know why they didn't wear that orange or black on Halloween, but whatever.